Several, several weeks ago, Pastor Sean was preaching, and she said something that hit me like a lightning rod. And what she said was, is she said, for far too many people, you have an expectation that your performance is going to produce what God has promised. And I thought about that. Because I, I pride myself on being a person who does what he's supposed to do. But I started thinking about it, and I started thinking in terms of what, what it means to walk by faith. And I thought, if I'm walking based on my performance, there's only a limited amount of things I can get based on my performance. But if I learn to walk by faith, the Bible says all things are possible to him that And so I started this dialogue with God about why it was that there were certain things that weren't happening in my life the way I knew he had shown me. And he started dealing with me about how part of the reason that I relied so heavily on doing the right thing was because if I did the right thing and I got the right thing to happen, then I felt I had some ownership in what was being produced. He said, but what you can never do is have ownership in that which I have promised. And I don't know if that's significant to you, but it changed my mind because it made me start having a conversation with God about what it is when I think I'm walking in faith and then when I'm walking in what I call self-effort. And for a lot of people, if, we, if we're honest, we spend a lot of time walking in self-effort. And so I started uh, a couple weeks ago, I read to you something over in Romans, and I want to read it again as we get started this morning. Romans chapter 13, and I won't be before you long, but Romans chapter 13, verse 11 says this. It says, and that now, knowing the time, that now it is high time that we awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. your deliverance, your deliverance. Is, nearer is nearer than yesterday. Than yes. Oh, somebody give God some praise for that. That's why I say your best days are still ahead of you because your deliverance, and Chris said it this morning, is not a long-range plan. God, God isn't waiting to deliver you in 2025. God's plan for deliverance is the moment that you can believe you're delivered. I, I, I thought about it in terms of, of, and we shared so much of this, it's almost, I almost feel like I'm just reteaching what we've taught. But we, we, we read this over in Matthew where we said the blind men came to Jesus and they said, Lord, 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 can you heal us? And Jesus said, wrong question. The question is not can I heal you? The question is do you believe I can heal you? And the Bible, they said, well, of course we believe. And then Jesus says, then become what you believe. So if you're sick this morning, you need healing, become healing. If you don't have money this morning, you need money, become money. How? In Christ Jesus. But so many times we take all of this time to, 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 to exercise this self-effort. Verse 12 says, this is that the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore, now watch this, cast off 
the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So what are the works of darkness? Well, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a Pentecostal church. So whenever they talked about works of darkness, they always dealt with actual behaviors. Now watch this, don't lose me. They started talking about things like sex, smoking, drugs, in our case, watching movies, going to basketball games. <laughs> Everything was a demon. A car was a rolling demon. A TV was a talking demon. The phone was a speaking demon. And everything was about those behaviors. But if you take the time to study what he's saying here in Romans, he says, I want you to cast off the works of darkness. Well, what are the works of darkness? And when you study this thing out, you find out that it has everything to do not with behavior, but your thinking. He says, you have to cast off these works of darkness and you have to put on this armor of light. See, so people get so confused in thinking that light is doing the right behavior. But how many know you can do the right behavior and have the wrong motive? So it can't just be about behavior. He says, cast off the works of darkness. He says, the night is far spent. In other words, look, daytime is here. If, I, if you had a, you know, for Christmas, <laughs> I tell this funny story. For Christmas, we always share the Christmas story with our children before we open gifts. Well, this Christmas, they had heard the story so many times, they decided to do it a little different. So they did the hood version. Oh, it was great because it was the same story, but it had the vernacular like we would talk to each other. So if you could do this in the hood version, it'd be like, wake up, dog. It's time to get up, bro. You tripping. God done already showed up to do everything he needs to do. You got to get your mind regulated, bro. You tripping. You keep thinking that you about behavior. It ain't about behavior. It's all about how you think, man. <laughs> so he says to them, wake up. Wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. wake up. It is time for you and I to realize that we don't have to work for what God has promised. Hallelujah. So now, now let's take a look in Hebrews. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3. Because I'm going to talk to you real quick about how do you expel unbelief out of your life. Unbelief is the kryptonite to your faith. You know, you know Superman is the man of steel. Did I get that right? And Superman, can't, you, can't, you can't shoot him. You can't freeze him. You can't burn him. You can't outrun him. But you get that kryptonite, he can't do nothing. He just crumble and fall when it comes to kryptonite. And that's how our faith is. Our faith bows to unbelief. Why? Not because unbelief is stronger, but because faith has to be in its purest form to work. I told somebody one time because we was having this discussion about unbelief. You can still go to Hebrews. I'm giving you a chance to get to Hebrews 3. We was having this conversation. They were saying, well, you know, if, if faith is so powerful and, and, and the naming and claiming and all that stuff is so real, then why do y'all teach that unbelief uh, can, 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 can undo faith? And I thought for a moment, and here's what I said to him. I said, let's just suppose I gave you a 16-ounce glass of water. 
Okay? Pure water. Come right off of the little glacier and fall down. Fiji. Right into your little glass. It's in its purest form. But what if I took just one little bitty droplet of raw sewage water and just, just, just a little bitty drop, not enough that it like saturate, but you know how when you put some different color in water, it kind of just dissolve a little bit just across the top? I asked him, I said, would you drink that water? He said, I ain't drinking no sewage water. I said, well, that's the reason why we teach people they can't have any unbelief in their faith. Because we don't need even a drop of unbelief in our faith. Yes, you could drink the water, and maybe it wouldn't hurt you, but your whole mind would be thinking about the fact that you're drinking toilet water. You can't focus on how good the water is, because all you can focus on is somebody put some raw sewage in my water. That's how your faith is. God makes you a promise, but you can't focus on nothing but the one little thing the devil said wasn't going to come to pass. God says it's beginning to rain. And you're like, well, I don't see a cloud yet. But what did God say? It's beginning to rain. So Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 3. I want to start in verse 7, and I want to read. Hebrews chapter 3. Chapter 7, when you got to say amen, amen. if you ain't got to say hold up, hold up. somebody was honest. Amen. I ain't heard no pages, no phones, no nothing. All y'all ain't there yet. Let's go. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, where your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for 40 years. He says, wherefore, I was grieved with this generation. Now, notice, he says, I'm grieved with them. Why? He says, because they do what? Always err, where? In their heart, and they what? Have not known my ways. Now, now listen to this out of the Amplified. He says, and so I was provoked displeased and sorely grieved with that generation and said they always err and are led astray in their hearts and they have not perceived, watch this, or recognized my ways. They have not become progressively better and more experimentally and intimately acquainted with them. That's important because here's the thing. God doesn't judge us on that which we don't know. I said to people before, you take somebody off the street. They don't know nothing about God. You bring them in the church. They have an understanding of who God is. And all they have is childlike faith. And you wonder why it is that this new believer is having all of this miraculous stuff happen for them. Why? Because at that moment, they are progressively and experimentally getting to know God more and more. The problem with some of us is we started off like that and we got to experimentally and progressively and more intimately know God. But now we done got to the place we're not moving anymore. Now I come to church and lift my hands because I'm supposed to. Now I give because that's what I'm supposed to. 
Now I pray because that's what I'm supposed to. Now I help out every now and then because that's what I'm supposed to. Supposed to. Because when you get complacent, you lose the sub. Now it's just supposed to. See, at first it was supposed to, but now you done done it so long, you don't even care no more. And the problem is, is that when that becomes your reality, you are still looking for the same thing to happen when you were progressively, intimately, and, and experimentally getting to know God. But now you're not in that place no more, but you're expecting the same results. So now you open yourself up to the enemy to begin to whisper negative things to you. You know it don't take all that. I don't even know if this face stuff even works. They've been talking about it's your year since 2012. It ain't been my year yet. Pastor talking about year of great victory. What victory? Victory for him. I ain't got no victory. And, and what happened is if you're not careful, even though those seeds don't germinate at first, if you let them stay there long enough, you will become offended not only with me or with God, but you will become offended at the whole concept that God would do something great for you. Man, you ain't got to do nothing but look around. We got some folk who ain't with us no more. No, 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 time out. You mean to tell me that you said God told you that this is where you're supposed to be? You mean to tell me God told you that if you come here, your life will be turned around? You mean to tell me you obeyed God, you came here and got your life turned around, but because somebody didn't speak to you? Because you didn't get to lead a particular group you wanted to lead? Because you didn't get recognized in the way you wanted to get recognized? Then now you don't know if this is your place, you have been deceived. You have been deceived, and that's the enemy's job, because if he can get you away from the place you're supposed to be, then he can wreak havoc all over your life. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. Doubt, doubt and unbelief, and unbelief. will short-circuit short your faith. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. He says this in verse 11. He says, so I swear in my wrath, they shall not Enter my rest. Now, notice, he was talking about the children of Israel. And what he said to them, he said, because they saw everything that I did for them. When they didn't, want, when they, when they didn't have water, I caused water to come out of a rock for them. When they didn't know how they were going to eat, I called manna, angel food, to fall down that they could eat it every single day. And then when they still got upset and said, we want flesh, he said, I gave them quail till it was running out of their nose. He said, but, but even after all of that, they still did not believe. Because when I told them to take the promised land, rather than hearing what I said, they looked at what they saw. You know, here's something, here's something that I thought about as I was going back doing this studying for myself. Those people who made this statement, but we are grasshoppers in our own sight. We're, in our own sight, we're grasshoppers. Let me help you. Do you know who said that? It was the people who did not go into the promised land. Come out. It had been different if Joshua and Caleb had said, wait a minute, we saw them. We know how big they are. 
We can't do nothing with them. But that wasn't their report. The people who actually saw their report was, we are well able to overtake them. It was the people who didn't go. Say lie. Pastor, what do you mean? You're sitting in this church this morning. We're telling you it's about to rain. Don't listen to the folk who don't go here tell you it's not about to rain. I don't care what your uncle say. I don't care what your mama say. I don't care what your grandpa say. We say it's about to rain. So don't believe their report. We have already seen what God has said is in store for us, for us, and for us. Don't you let nobody who go to Bedside Baptist talk you out of what God done already promised. They ain't been to church in 52 Sundays. They ain't read their Bible. They ain't jumped on prayer. They ain't done none of that. Don't you let them talk you out of what we're telling you. That's what God said. He said, I'm so mad at them. He said, my wrath is kindled. Because I did all of this stuff for them, and then they believe somebody who ain't never even seen me. How you gonna believe somebody who ain't even seen what you've seen? How's somebody gonna tell you about your vision? How's somebody gonna tell you about your promise? You gotta learn to get in this word and kick doubt out the door. So, so watch this, watch this. He says, so, so I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. He says, now you take heed, brethren. He says, otherwise there be some of you. Now watch this. Don't miss verse 12. Do not miss verse 12. Do not miss verse 12. He says, some of you will end up the same way if you're not careful. He says, because what's going to happen is you're going to get an evil heart of unbelief. Did you see what he called evil? What did he call evil? A heart of unbelief. Now, I don't know about you, but when I started looking at this, we know that the word evil also is the same word twisted. We know that the word twisted means to be of two minds. We know that to be of two minds means to be double we know that the Bible says a double-minded man shall not receive from the enemy wants to have you to have an evil heart because if he can get doubt and unbelief to be something that you accept, his work is done. See, you, people think that the devil got to get you to do all this stuff. He doesn't. Listen, can I help you? You don't have to be having premarital sex. You don't have to be smoking. You don't have to be drinking. You don't have to be cheating. You don't have to be doing any of the things that the world says sin. But if you have unbelief in your heart, you might as well be doing all the rest of them. And the problem is, is that what happened in Christianity is we make the determination about whether somebody is good or not based on their behavior. So, uh, so what happens, what happens, what happens, what happens, if you hang around here long enough, you'll find out, unless you just slow, what the right behavior is. No, because let me help you. See, 
Wait, now, now, now let me just help you. And I know some of y'all growing up and coming out, ain't, no, ain't no problem. Don't get mad. I ain't throwing no shit at nobody. But listen, when, when I first got into Kojic Church, I didn't realize in the Kojic Church that they didn't cuss in public. <laughs> Not that they didn't cuss, but in public, they didn't cuss. So as was customary, after I hung around for a while, I didn't stop cussing, but I stopped cussing around them. That don't mean what was in my heart had changed. All I had learned to do was to modify my behavior. But modification of behavior is not the same thing as walking in faith. And some of y'all have just been around here long enough that you've learned to modify your behavior. So when we say it's beginning to run, you say, whoa, glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's my season. It's my time. I'm next in line. Praise the Lord. But when you go home and that bill show up, you're like, I can't believe this mother. Because you ain't changed. Your faith hasn't grown. You haven't become the person you're supposed to be. So the real you shows up. So the real you shows up. Now you're mad at your kids. You're mad at your job. You're mad at everybody because what you learned to do was to fake your behavior. Tell you, let me say, neighbor, in 2019, ain't no future. In your front. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. In 2019, it ain't no future in your fronting. He says, now, now watch this. He says, take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you in an evil heart of unbelief. In departing, from the living God. He says to have unbelief is to depart from God. So you can be sitting in church serving the Lord in all of these auxiliaries and programs and still live a life departed from Him. Because unbelief is the kryptonite to your faith. And if we're going to expel doubt and unbelief out of our life, we got to get to the part of where doubt actually lives, where unbelief lives. And let's just be honest, it's not here. It's not just here. It's in here. It's what you really believe. It's in your heart. See, I can take you back to same blood. Same blood that saves? Because it's what? Same blood. So how did we get to believe God for salvation and not for dead freedom? What is the blockage? Because how many people in here will raise your hand quickly and say you're saved? That's why I asked that time. Remember that time I asked who's in here was dead free? And most people was like, I ain't dead free yet. Well, the, the thing is, it's the only thing that stops that is your unbelief about what God is saying. God said, if you call on my name, if you believe I am the son of God, you shall be saved. Well, he also said, I am the Lord God that calls you to profit. 
Same God. So if I can believe him for salvation, I can believe him to get out of debt. If I can believe him to get out of debt, I can believe him to get healed. The problem is, is you just need to have more word preached to you. What happens is we sometimes like to, to energize people with our words, but what happens is you need to get in this word and see what he says. Here's what the Lord told me, and I told you I'm transparent because I, don't, I, don't, I ain't got nothing to hide. The Lord told me, he said this, he said, if I could get you to believe that I would take care of you in full-time ministry, the way you believe that I always come through and get you the job of your dreams. He said, if I could just get you to switch what you believe, you'd be full-time yesterday. So, so here's the thing. Do I believe that? Well, let's just be honest. I look around. I look at y'all. I look at our building. I look at what needs to be done. Did you hear what I said? I look. I look. And what happens is I begin to calculate all the things that need to happen before I can do that. I have moved away from God. I ain't the only one. Because y'all looking at me like Paul Pastor. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It ain't Paul Pastor. Because how many times has God told us to do something, but we look to determine whether or not we can do what God said? The Bible says unbelief is like leaven. It's like yeast. The Bible says you don't need but what? A little bit of it to do what? Make the whole entire cake rise. He says all it takes is a little unbelief. I was reading this story. I'm not the, I ain't even going to, I might as well close this. We, I ain't going to get to this. <laughs> well, I was reading this story about Brother Hagin. And Brother Hagin said he was at a camp meeting, a healing meeting. And the Lord told Brother Hagin that there was a man in the audience who had a demon and that he needed to cast it out. And that the demon was causing the man not to be able to bend from his waist down. Brother Hagin said he keeps on preaching. He finishes preaching. He calls for healing. And a man came up and a man said, I don't know what's wrong. About a year ago, I stopped being able to bend down from my waist down. Brother Hagin was like, aha, this is who I've been waiting on. He said, so he laid hands on the man and he called the demon out. And then he said to the man, now see if you can bend over. And the man couldn't. And Brother, and Brother Hagin said he shook his faith a little bit. So he prayed again. And he said to the man, okay, now see if you can bend over now. And the man started to go, but, but, but he couldn't. He couldn't bend over. Brother Hagin sent the man back to his seat, and he said he thought all the time while they were up doing whatever they were doing after he was preaching, he said, he said Jesus, why, why did this not happen? What, what's, what's wrong? Why, I, I did what you said. He said, and the Lord told him, he said, I told you to cast the demon out. He said, but Lord, I did that. He said, and then I told you to tell the man to bend over. He said, but I did that. He said, and at that moment, he went, aha. He got it. When he prayed for the man, laid hands on him, and told the demon to come out, his next word was, see if you can bend over. The Lord said, I didn't tell you to ask him to see if he could do it. I said, cast out the demon and tell him to bend over. 
Brother Hagin said he jumped up off the podium. He called the man back up. He cast the demon out of the man. He said, now bend over and touch your toes. He said, man, went down and touch his toes. You see that? It's just a little difference. And sometimes, that's what the Bible says, it's the small foxes that, that spoil the vines. It's that little difference. In, see, see, when he asked the man to see if he could bend over, Brother Hagin wasn't fully convinced it was going to happen. He said, and it taught him a lesson that from now on, you only do what Jesus said. You remember the story when, 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 when Jesus' disciples got ready to try to cast the, de the demon out of the little boy? And the, and the Bible says that, that, that they tried to cast the demon. It was actually the man. They tried to cast the demon out the man. It said, uh, and they couldn't do it. They, 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 they couldn't cast the demon out. And, and what ends up happening is Jesus comes and Jesus casts the demon out. And the disciples, when they get Jesus by himself, they say, Lord, why could we not do this? And the Lord said this. He said, these kind come out by what? Prayer and do you know what I realized when I was studying this? When he said these kind, he wasn't talking about demons. The whole time I had been taught when he said these kind, that those were powerful demons. And the only way you get powerful demons is that you got to pray and you got to fast. He's like, ain't no demon powerful enough that I got to pray and fast for. He said, no, 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 no. These things is your unbelief. He said, and some translation don't say these things. It says this thing only comes out by prayer and fasting. What thing? Unbelief. He said the only way you get this kind of unbelief out is you spend time in prayer. Communication with me. Fasting. Denying yourself. He said, it ain't never about no demons. He said, y'all, and, and I, started, I started reading all this stuff, and, and God was saying to me, he said, we make demons like, 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 like they are, like they equal. I was reading, I was thinking, you know what? And I said, I wrote, I wrote this down. I don't write stuff down all the time, but I wrote this down. I said, you know what, Lord? I said, Deadpool can't kill you, and Thanos can't erase you. See, in, in the, in the, we went and saw Aquaman. I ain't gonna spoil it for nobody, but any superhero movie. It always takes like eight superheroes to band together to beat somebody. I was thinking about that. God was like, because sometimes God just talks to you the way he talks to you. He was like, look here. He said, if Thanos even thought about snapping his finger, I'd take his time stone from him. I'd send him back to when he didn't have no stones. He said, when it comes to the kingdom of darkness and it comes to the kingdom of light, he said, stop telling people it's a war. It ain't no war. He's defeated. He said, the only reason he can even get a foothold is because I love you enough not to destroy you when you're in unbelief. I was like, yo, I was like, yo, God, hold up, time out. He says, yes, he says, I hate unbelief. He said, because, but because I love you so much, when you partner with it, I refuse to destroy you because I destroy you. He said, so even though it breaks my heart to see you not receiving everything I've already made available for you, he said, I'll suffer it so, and I keep believing that you're going to come out of that unbelief. 
He said, that's the reason I send you pastors. It's the reason I send you prophets. It's why I send you apostles and evangelists and teachers. Because I want them to make sure they teach you word so that unbelief doesn't become something that's natural in your life. Oh, glory to God. Watch this. We ain't even through with this. Watch this. Verse 13, he says, now exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's the reason, folks. Now, I know, you know, now in the Kojic church, they had this down right. We went to church almost every day. Every day. Ain't that right, Tanya? Every day. Not every, every day. We, listen, we had Sunday school. We had church on Sunday. They went to at least three. Started at nine. We had evening service. We had YPWW. We had Wednesday night service. We had Friday night prayer. And the youth got locked in on Saturday, so you couldn't go nowhere. No, real talk. They were like, oh, let's have a lock-in. They was locking us up. That was, <laughs> that, I didn't realize that at the time, but that was what they were doing. They were like, you ain't going to no ball game. You ain't going to no party. We're going to have a lock-in. I thought, man, they put us in prison every Saturday. Why? Because they didn't want nothing to get into our hearts. But what they didn't understand and know is that Jesus is a keeper in the church and outside the church. So I ain't got to lock you up on a Saturday. I just need to get the word locked in your heart. Because if I get the word locked in your heart, no matter where you are, the word is there. He didn't say this in verse 3. He says, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold. Watch this. Verse 14. Watch this. For we are made, made partakers. partakers. When, I, when you look at this word made, you have to understand that this word to be made is, is very different than what we think of. Like, for instance, some of y'all are bakers, right? Or you baked a cake before, right? If you bake a cake from scratch, you know there's lots and lots of ingredients, right? Some of the ingredients is what? Flour, butter, sugar, eggs. Now, 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 now watch this. Once you mix all of that stuff together, there is no unmaking it. You, 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 can't, you can't get a bowl of flour, put the butter in there, the sugar in there, and the eggs in there, and stir it all up, and then say, I want to unmake it. Once it's made, you have been made partakers of Christ. But what's the condition? See, some folks think they made, but you're still just eggs. You think you made, but you just over here in the bowl, flower. Oh, some of y'all real nice, but that's just sugar, sugar. He says, here is the condition for how you know you've been made. He says, for we are made partakers of Christ if. Somebody shout if. If, if is a conditional statement. It means something has to happen in order for something else to be true. He says, if we what? Hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto what? The end. Contend for the faith. I don't know if you was out here that Sunday to, to, to make read all those definitions, but listen, I still got it on my phone because she sent it to me. I read that sometimes. You got to contend for your faith. He says, how do you know you made a partake of Christ? Because I ain't quit yet. 
Why, why, well, how you know God on your side? Because I ain't quit God. And as long as I don't quit God, God ain't quit me. I have been made a partaker. And because I've been made a partaker, I can't be unmade. So if I can't be unmade, that means I can't give up. I can't cave in. I can't quit. And I can't give out. Why? Because I am a partaker of Christ. So when unbelief shows up on my doorstep, I return to sender. Now, 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 the truth is, am I perfect? Uh-uh. I'm growing and becoming. And the truth of the matter is, I tell you I'm growing and becoming so you don't have to feel bad about your growing and becoming. And the truth of it is, I don't know if any of you ever watched that movie Shrek. But Shrek and Donkey, when they was having a conversation one time, Donkey and Shrek were talking, and Donkey was trying to ex explain to Shrek that, that he's kind of like an onion. Now, I know some of y'all got some kids. Y'all ain't seen Shrek. Yeah, you have. He said it's like layers. And the truth of it is, you don't have to be upset where you are in life right now. Just start dealing with the next layer. Just start dealing. We, look, you love on me while I'm growing and becoming. I love on you while you're growing and becoming. And let's just keep dealing with the next layer. My only issue is when folks refuse to deal with the layer that's in front of them. You got 15 layers and you're talking about, well, I'm going to wait till I get it together so I can just make a big peel. No, you're going to hurt yourself. The reason he delivers you in layers is so that he don't kill you. No, 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 seriously. Dude, people don't understand this. God knows everything about you. If God knew everything about you and God just took everything out of the inside of you and just said, look, here's all the junk. You fall out. You fall out if God showed you all that. It's stuff on the inside of you you don't know you got inside of you. And you don't know it until the right situation, the right circumstance come up, and then what's inside of you show up outside of you, and then when you get through, you shame. Because <laughs> you didn't know that was in you. Why? The Bible says not to think more highly of yourself than you. So I'm like, God, I realize I've got some errors in my life concerning this idea that you will take care of me through the ministry. It's like anything, the first thing you got to do is acknowledge it. You take somebody who's going through a 12-step program, the first thing they got to say is, hey, I got a drinking problem. You got somebody in the room talking about, man, I ain't got a drinking problem. I just like to drink. I, I, I just, I drink till I fall down and trip over stuff. You might as well go ahead and send them home. You're never going to do anything to them until they are ready to acknowledge. And if you keep coming to church like, I got it all together. Pastor man got to be preaching to me. They preaching to somebody else. Ooh, I hope they get delivered. It's you. It's you. We preaching to you. Notice this. He says, now, verse 15, while it is said today, if you will do what? Hear his voice. He says, don't do this. Harden not your hearts. Verse 16, he says, for some, when they had heard, they did provoke. Howbeit not all, the, all that came out of Egypt by Moses. He says, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, uh, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? It says, and to whom swear he that they not uh, enter into his rest? He then says, 
but to them that believe not. Verse 19. So we see, now watch this, that they could not enter in. Why? Why could they not enter in? Why? Why? Because they ain't tithe enough. They ain't give enough. They ain't serve enough. He said the only thing that stopped them from entering into this wonderful rest was the fact they didn't believe they could. The only reason some of you don't believe you can go on vacation is because you don't believe you can. The only reason some of your marriages don't get better is because you don't believe you can. The only reason you don't get a better job this week is because you don't believe you can. The only reason why you don't think you can have a baby is because you don't think you can. The doctor lied to you and told you his best guesstimation. But what did God say? He said they didn't enter into rest because of unbelief. They simply didn't believe they could, so they got what they believed. Oh, you missed it. You missed it. They didn't believe they could. That's what they believed. It was unbelief because it was contrary to God, but it's what they believed. So they actually got Ooh, you've been getting what you believe the whole time. You've been getting what you believe the whole time. You thought faith wasn't working. It's been working the whole time. You just had your belief in the wrong thing. It's been working. That's what he told me. He said, look, I make you, I, he said, I, 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 I allow you to make good money on your job. He said, but I could double your salary without all the worries. If you would just believe me. If you would just believe me. And I'm like, okay, God, I believe. But help my unbelief. Now, how do I, how do I get God to help my unbelief? Not just by thinking about it more. I got to get into this word concerning that particular area. So I go and I read his scripture that says, a workman is worthy of his hire. A workman is worthy of his hire. A workman is worthy of his hire. I believe I receive a workman is worthy of his hire. God, I know you can do this. Yes, I believe. And I just keep going. Why? Because the first thing you got to do is mentally assent to it. Because the problem is we try to tell people you just got to believe, and then when they mentally assent to it, we tell them they believe it. But mentally assenting ain't the same thing as believing. So I'm like, okay, what do I know about God? So I go through and I know everything I know about God. God, how'd you show up? How'd you restore my marriage? How'd you help me in this situation? How'd you do this? When I didn't have a job, how'd you provide for me? When you did this, when you did that, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I got all this stuff. And then the devil like, you better not quit that job. I'm just trying to be real with you. And the fact of the matter is all of us are, are, are in those kind of situations where God's telling you to do something and you're just not sure whether or not it's going to work. That is the place you attack with the word. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they, was, they were sick in their body. And I said, are you reading your Bible? They was like, yeah, I was reading something out of Revelation about it. I was like, what? <laughs> and I didn't try to be rude, but I'm still working on me. I said, you what? They said, yeah, I was reading about the seven seals. I said, what does that have to do with your body? I get that it's in the Bible, but everything in the Bible ain't what you need right now. You're sick in your body. You need to be reading some healing scriptures. I watched some of y'all in the prayer in, in, in the FOC group. I ain't shading nobody. 
Y'all be like, hey, I've been challenging my body. Y'all pray for me, blah, blah. I be wanting to say, did you read some healing scriptures first? Because as much time as it took you to type that in that group, you could have read you two scriptures. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't talk to y'all like that no more because Pastor said that wasn't always nice. But I'm like, look, when you know what to do, you have to do it. It's easier to say, hey, somebody pray for me. Somebody else, so I abdicate my own responsibility to someone else for y'all to pray for me so that I can get well. The problem is, is we can do that and you can get well, but what happens next time? What we want to do is we want to grow you up. So that the next time you type in a group, you're like, y'all, look, I was challenging my body. I got in here and I read 15 healing scriptures. I took me a nap. When I woke up, I was healed and delivered. Just want y'all to know. Bravo, Jesus. Bravo, Jesus. Now, ain't nothing wrong with soliciting prayers. Don't get me wrong. Don't be like, well, Pastor, don't pray no prayer in the group. That ain't what I said. What I said was, is we have to be careful not to allow those little things of unbelief to creep into our heart because they will rearrange how we live. Amen? Last scripture. It goes right into chapter 4. He says, let us therefore fear or reverence the promise that has been left to us of entering into his rest. It says, any of you, lest any of you should seem to come short of it. Now, verse 2, he says, for unto us, that's you and I, was the gospel, the good news preached, as well as unto them. But the word that was preached did not profit them. Why? Because it was not mixed with what? Faith in who? Them that heard it. The Amplified Version says it like this. Verse 2 says, for indeed. In the Amplified Verse 1 and 2, it says, therefore... While the promise of entering his rest still holds. So whatever promise God made is still available. It says, and is offered today. Let us be afraid to distrust it. Let us be afraid, not of God. Let us be afraid of what it's going to look like if we don't trust God. He says, least any of you should think he has come too late. And has come short of reaching it. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. It's, never too late it's never too late for all of my dreams, of my dreams. As, long as, as long as I'm breathing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. You ain't too old. It ain't too late if it's a God-given dream. And I have to say that to people because people are like, oh, you know what? I always wanted to race Usain Bolt and I wanted to beat him. <laughs> now, now, hold on. Now, hold on. Now, hold on. Now, hold on. A God-given dream. Because if you didn't run 9-4 in your prime, unless the anointing gets all on you like it did when the man out ran the chariot. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, know your lane and stay there. Right, Pastor Sean said some of y'all talking about I want to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. No, no, no. That time, sometimes things have passed. He said, but whatever God has promised, don't think you've come too late and don't think you've fallen short of it. Verse 2, he says, for indeed, we have had the glad tidings, 
the gospel of God proclaimed to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old did, when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith, with the leaning of the entire personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Amen. He says, by those who heard it, neither were they united in faith with the ones, Joshua and Caleb, remember the ones I told you who actually saw it, he says they weren't united in faith with him who heard it and did believe. Verse 3 says, for we have believed, adhered to, and trust in, and relied on God. We who do that do enter into his rest. Here's what I want to challenge you in the last Sunday of this year. Don't let anybody from now until the clock strikes 12 midnight on the 1st talk you out of all the wonderful things we said God's going to do in 2019. God, I, I don't even have a, a, a theme, a slogan for everything God wants to do is so big I can't encapsulate it into words. All I can tell you is 2019 is going to be our best year. In the same way I proclaimed to you in that hotel room at the beginning of January of this year that God said we'd have a building before the year was over, the same, the same confidence I had when I said it is the same confidence I tell you that you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. And it ain't got to take God all month. It ain't got to take him all of January, February, March, the first, second quarter. Be it unto you according to your faith. But I want to encourage you to look for those areas where doubt and unbelief lie. Get in the word and dig them up. Always think about how God said the lame have their, 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 their ability to walk restored to them. The blind have their ability to see again. He said, but the poor had the gospel preached to them. And when he said the poor, he didn't just mean financial. He meant anywhere you were lacking. Any place you are lacking. He used the poor, and I've studied this out several times because I've talked about it. He used two physical indications first because he wanted to show us the difference between the physical world and the spiritual world. He said in the physical world, you need legs to walk. In the physical world, you need eyes to see, but you don't need eyes and feet to, to, to walk in the kingdom. He says, in the kingdom, anybody who is poor, what they need is the gospel preached to them. You can preach the gospel to yourself. I love, I love, I love to see you at church on Sundays. But listen, I, I, I preach to my, I laugh, I joke, I do silly stuff, petty stuff all the time. I preach the gospel to me, though. And you can't be a person who doesn't preach the gospel to yourself. You can't depend on me. You can't depend on Pastor Sean. You can't depend on just prayer. If that's all you're getting, you're going to be, you're going to be lame. Right. Yes. Yes. You got you to gotta have a conversation with God and be like, oh, and, and, and listen, I have, I have never, I have, don't take this the wrong way, I have never been waxed. I've seen people do it with their eyebrows and stuff like that. See, I, 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 that's why I had to. You had to, you had, we all growing and becoming, so you had to specify for folk. <laughs> but you know, I, I've, seen them, I've seen them put the wax on people's eyebrows, and they have to do that little thing first, and then they, they rip it. And I saw a dude trying to do it to his buddy one time, but he didn't rip it. He just kind of went, he just kind of kept picking with it. I mean, it was hurting so bad, 
When you start asking God to show you who you are, God doesn't, he ain't into just picking. So, so, so take a deep breath and just let God pull. <laughs> be, like, be like, God, show me where I'm lacking. He's like, you sure? You sure? Like, yes, God, I'm open to you. The, the kingdom of God be upon me. He's like, all right. Now look, when he pull, you might cry. It's okay. It's okay. But see, we went through this period where everybody was crying in church. Now everybody come to church like this. I ain't crying today. Forget this, man. I'm going to worship the Lord, but I ain't crying today. God wasn't doing nothing but trying to pull some stuff off you. That's all he was trying to do. He had you broke down on it. Yeah, we're going to laugh at you after it's over, but it's okay. It's okay. We family. That's what family do. We say, oh, you're all right. The Lord loves you. Then when we get through it, we're like, ha! <laughs> Just be vulnerable. It's okay. It's okay. The Lord wants to heal you. Amen? So as you go into 2019, I want you to fight and get this doubt and unbelief out of your heart. I'm working to do the same thing. And I'm telling you, the more we do it, the better we're going to be as people. The better we be as people, the better we're going to be as a church. The better we be as a church, the more we're going to do for the community. The more we do for the community, the more people are going to want to know who is that God y'all serving over there at 2737 North Old Road. And those 500 partners, when they flood in here, you're going to get so much doubt and unbelief out of you, you're going to be able to teach them because I can't teach them all. Because the Bible says we are all ambassadors of Christ. And if we're all ambassadors of Christ, that means I can't be everywhere. I, I don't work everywhere you work. I don't go everywhere you go. I don't go to the gyms. I don't go to the libraries. I don't go every place you go, the hair, the hair salons, the, the, the coffee shops. I don't go all those places. But you do. And you are an ambassador wherever you go. And when you encounter people who love God, but they got doubt and unbelief in their heart, it's your job to minister to them. That don't mean you got to break out scripture. It just means you can simply ask them, okay, now you, you, you say you believe in God? Yeah, but I don't know how I'm going to make it. Okay. Do you believe God saved you? Yes. All right. Did you have to work for that? No, I had to work for it. Same blood. What do you, what do you mean same blood? Well, same blood to heal. Same blood to save. You just might have to deal with some of the thinking that you got. So you ain't got to be like, I command the spirit of unbelief to come out of you in the name of Jesus. How about Sunday that I call it? You ain't got to do all that. You have to learn how to minister to people where they are. Amen? I'm telling you, 2019, the best hasn't been seen. Come on, give the Lord some praise this morning.